Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How are you doing this week? Uh, as good as I was last week. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. We're still, <laughs> we're, we're still, we are back in uh, Studio South. Uh, Bartleby's still here. Hello, everyone. Hey, buddy. Get back in your hole. We don't need you yet. Um, and uh, uh, I got a question for you. I hope I have an answer. What is it, uh, an experience that you had as a child that your kids will never have? Oh, man. And it could be a good one or a negative one, or it could be one of both. I was thinking about this back in uh, when we did the episode, and you asked what technology would we take back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the internet, for as ubiquitous as it is, do you remember when you had to budget your internet time because you were taking away the phone, the phone line? Yeah. Uh, Some of these things that even people who are ten years younger than us will never will, like be like what? Yeah. You had to, Dial into the like dial up internet actually meant you used up the phone, right? Because they would have like DSL, which was you could still talk on the phone when you had a DSL was still through your phone, right? Like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it started with right. I remember distinctly uh, being in my friend Jeremy Bossy's grandparents' house. They were the first people I ever knew to have internet. Uh, and it was you. You hooked right in like a phone line. Yeah. This is before cell phones. Yeah. Uh, before that this whole is not technology. Not that long ago. No. I mean, not that long ago. It was the nineties. Yeah. Which for some people is like, I wasn't born yet. But, yeah, yeah. Shut up, kids. <laughs> uh, but they're not kids. They can vote and not cars. Nine with an eight win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So you plugged it into your phone uh, at the house, and if you were on the internet, no one could call out. And no one could call in. And it the was, frustrating thing is, if someone picked up the phone in the house, it kicked it you off. Kicked you off. And yeah. you pick up the phone, you hear like it was really, it was shocking to pick up the phone and yeah. hear the internet screaming at you. But it always booted people off. I remember I'd do that to my sister. She'd get on the internet, and I'd just pick up the phone and then yeah. hang it up. <laughs> 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 like, Got her. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, still, I I look any time that like I'm driving in the middle of nowhere, uh, banjo music country, yep. and I have full service and can pull up any song I want in the world in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think my face looks like when a caveman first saw fire. It's like, still pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, like I can do this. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's an experience my kids will never have of like a a bracketed internet time, where. You could go online. We, we, I think at my house it was like an hour. Mm-hmm. You can have an hour, mm-hmm. and then you're done for the night. Um, that is not a thing. Yeah, that they're going to be self-limited to. Yeah. Well, and even uh, the idea that there was a uh, a central place where the internet existed in your house, right? One desktop. Yeah, that's one thing. I think we're going to try to. We'll see how long we can push that. Right now, our kids don't have anything that has internet. Right. On it, the, I mean, um, they have, and my kids are a step ahead of your like, yeah. our, we have 10, 8, and 7 year olds. Yeah. Um, so they all have, we, we have taken our old phones. Whenever we get a new phone, we keep the old phone and have just basically bricked them and turned them into iPods, if yeah. you will. So they do have some access to the internet on our Wi Fi, but they don't have, like, they can't text, they can't do anything like that. Right. They can access Spotify, yeah. which is basically it. Um, and even then, they're limited to non-explicit stuff, which is like Spotify's a little hit or miss with that. I know the filter's not as <laughs> yeah. airtight it's as you new, want. It though to they've be. only done it for like last year, so I'm glad they at least have that as a general option. But the, it's not great. <laughs> um, and uh, so they they have a little bit of a semblance there, but but even that, like if you were going to be on the internet, you were on the family computer that was in like the family yep. room. Yep. 
and uh, which honestly, I think I I think it's great. As the kids grow up, I I honestly want to emulate that when they get yeah. into school, you know, and have to do papers and work and whatever. Like, get a desktop. Yeah. Put but it as in the soon family as they room. have a phone, there's I mean, right. if they're more customizable from a parent's standpoint, that you can limit screen time, as we talked about last week. Right. Uh, but it's still uh, then you have to be more of a cop. Than, yeah. Like it used to be, just the world didn't let you to be private right. about these very public things. Right. Um, and uh, so my my thing is is similar in that sense, and the two things are particularly uh, they won't accidentally watch things on TV. No, and I don't no, mean that in won't. a bad way. I mean like so many of the things that I that I found as a kid, you just kind of accidentally watch. Yep. In that um, one, you just were like it's Saturday afternoon, you're looking for something to watch. You just had you were at the mercy of what was there. Yep. Or a VHS tape, and and there's the physical act of like pulling out a VHS and putting it on. It seemed like now you're actually watching something. You're like you're trying. Now it's an activity. If I'm if I'm selecting a DVD or a VHS and putting it in. I've made effort to do this, whereas it's just like, "Eh, I just want to see what's on. Yep. Like, that's how I ended up watching Curling. (laughs) That's how I ended up seeing half the movies that I saw. Like, that it was just, and HBO would just, uh, just like rerun. There would be like 15 movies that they were showing this month. And they would just show those 15 movies. And so I saw the movie What's Love Got to Do With It? Probably ten times in one month, is which it, is the biopic of uh, Tina Turner. Is it any uh, better or worse than Sex in the City Two? Oh, it's I don't know which, if there's anything that's better than Sex in the City Two. By the way, <laughs> the most trolly thing you've ever done to me is send me a message that says the sale ends tomorrow. I and almost I just bought the it link. for you because oh, it was only five dollars. I thought this is a five dollar <laughs> joke. This would be funny, but I was knowing that you wouldn't even open it. Like, no. So I thought. Uh, it's it. I felt like I could experience the joke. Still worked just by sending you the link. I didn't even respond. I was just in such a white hot rage. And it was it wasn't Sex and City too. It was Sex and the City. Yeah, the movie, yeah. which would have made you know, <laughs> made everything in Sex and City. I wish City I had bought it sense. for you just so it, you would have it would be in your iTunes library. And yeah, you'd have to see forever, it ever. And I purchased movies so infrequently it would uh, always yeah. be yeah. at the front it's of like my the recent five purchases. That you have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, maybe the sales don't go. I'll go back and do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that uh, the, being able to just f- discover shows and things like that, and like that, you had to invest in shows. Like, yeah. It was. Um, we just watched what was on. There was only four options for a while, and then even with cable, you still were kind of stuck with what it was. So like, we all watched, um, uh, like, MythBusters. Yeah. Because it was one of the ten options that you had, like legitimate, like there right. were more than that. But like, who's gonna watch anything in Lifetime or stuff like right, that? Like, right, right, right. Uh, that that, uh, and then the other thing was music, especially like that you were beholden to what was on the radio. Yeah. So there was more of a more of a monoculture in terms of music, which I think monoculture is not great. The, the idea that we're all kind of stuck with the same stuff, like the Beatles. Everybody watched the Beatles because that was all that was on them. Yeah. Um, and I think monoculture, diversity in culture is fantastic, but there's also no shared sense of common experiences. Right. The last time we had something like, I mean, it's elections, we have monoculture, and tragedies, we have monoculture. Yep. And even the tragedies are real. I mean, the last, aside of election, the last big, big, big event was 9-11 that yeah. I can think of where everybody was experiencing it all in real time. Yep. Um because even an election, people can get the Super Bowl is kind of close, but w- there's so many other options. It used to be just like you could watch the Super Bowl or not watch TV, right? And now you can watch the Super Bowl or just like live your life like the Super Bowl isn't existing because right. there's a million other options. Uh, and now, 
uh, like we don't have cable anymore, but I we watch more TV. It's just everything we watch is on purpose. And there's still a little bit of that, like you're surfing around, but you are choosing to watch stuff and you watch it on your timetable. It's not like, oh, this movie's starting right now. I have to watch it if I want to watch it. Yeah. And there's so many movies that I want to watch that I'm waiting to watch and then they come on like Prime or something. It's like, okay, now I have the option to watch that whenever I want. So the urgency is not there. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciated this is sort of related when The Mandalorian came out. Yeah. Because we got so into binge culture with this, too, yep. of like Netflix, when they release a season of something, of a TV they just show. dump the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And that is great, but at the same time, like, no, I really appreciated with The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were going to do this at first, but it got to the end of the first episode and I was like, okay, great. What happens next? Yeah. You had to wait. Oh, guess what? You've yeah. got to wait a week. And that's what like Game of Thrones was kind of the, the only thing that we had that way. Yeah. And like, I mean, to a lesser extent, Walking Dead, but, but that's on a network like that. The idea of, of we're kind of streaming everything. So the things that are only released once a week, it seems very frustrating, but it does kind of require that we're all, it, it forces us to watch it at the same time. Yeah. And to experience it in the same way. Like the Witcher on Netflix, which I still I haven't seen that watched. Yet, yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's good, but I what? Why watch it now? Because right. it's not because it was just dumped all at once. So the people who wanted to watch it watched it all in the first twenty four hours, and now no one's talking about yeah. it. So yeah, so like you'd be late to a party if yeah. you watched it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're catching up. Whereas like when you have a week to watch something, it's just people can't spoil it more than just one episode at a time, and you can still be in the conversation on Friday if everybody else started watching on Monday right. because they aren't ahead of you. You you're just forty five minutes behind everybody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that kind of thing, and they will never experience that. Yeah. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to an old episode of uh, a podcast called "Roughing the Pastor" uh, <laughs> on the way up, and it, like we mentioned Netflix and how uh, just flippantly said, "Remember when Netflix had DVDs?" Yeah, and I think that there's probably the majority of the people out there don't remember no. when Netflix had. And it wasn't that long ago. Netflix started as a DVD service by mail. Right. It wasn't streaming at all. And I remember when they started to stream, I was like, "What?" That Who's will never work, yeah. especially because streaming at that point was so spotty. Yep. Like that, that uh, you had to have a real lockdown, solid internet connection to stream anything, and most of the time it was buffering, and so it was better to just get the DVDs. And I had a system where I'd, I was a, a, a three, a, three at a time, because so I'd rent three at a time, and I would immediately watch them and send them back. And so that, that I had a rolling thing where there was never a time where I didn't have a new, because they could get it back to you in about four days. Yeah. And so I had a queue that was like real solid and I would just watch then send and watch and send and watch and send. Um, and so I was constantly getting this stream of new movies, really maximizing that like every month I got the most movies that I probably could. Like I had it down to a science. What are you, a seven? Uh, no, that, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but, but that, that, um, that kind of thing of the urgency of, of the common experiences is, is not going to be there. Yeah. Um, and when it is, it has to be manufactured. Um, and I, I mean, and again, that's there's good and bad to it. The 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 nice the the lack of a monoculture means that there is diversity in options, and that there's all kinds of. Uh, not everybody's going to be experiencing Gravity Falls, but right. um, if you want to experience Gravity Falls, you can. And if you want to experience like a show like Maniac, which is a great show on Netflix, uh, that no one talks about because there's a million other options, but go back and watch Maniac. It's, there's Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Emma Stone, yeah. Uh, it's a great, it's a great weird show yeah. and it's only eight episodes, I think. And it's just a mini series that they're never going to do anything else again, but go watch that. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, kids. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that you have access to that we don't like music. Um, if you wanted something, you had to buy it, man. I, yeah. 
the the convenience factor. So we were away this weekend uh, with our worship team. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that. Some of the guys of the church, we just like pretend to be rock stars for a weekend, which mm-hmm. is about as much as I can handle. Um, but we stayed at our drummer's cabin that was like a half hour away from where we were playing. So we had this half hour car ride uh, every time we went back and forth. And we were just each of us on our phones with Spotify or Apple Music introducing each other to new bands. Yeah. And I'm sitting up front just adding everything right there. Yeah. Whereas before it'd be like, oh, have you heard of Dave Matthews yeah. Band? I got to get mom to drive me to the CD yeah. store and then get the CD. And or that like a friend and... would make you a tape of it. Like there was a whole yeah. gatekeeper society, which was not, or gatekeeper culture, which was not bad. Like there was some beauty in the mystery of it and you had to work harder to get stuff. So right. I don't mean to romanticize it, but there was something in that it cost you a little more. So you put a little more energy into it. Like buying an album, you actually thought about that album because um, it, it literally cost you something yeah. and you would listen to the whole thing. Whereas now you don't have to listen to a full album. And if you, you just skip tracks really quickly, even when they got to CDs, like that was, we talked about this yeah. with the mixtape thing that when you made an actual mixtape, you had to be really mindful of everything you put on there because they had to listen to it. Yeah. You can't Whereas skip. a mixed CD is very different. You could just throw a bunch of songs on it and they could skip through it. And um, again, that's, uh, it's, it's great that we have the convenience and access to it, but because we have everything, we value everything a little less. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. Again. Sorry, kids. Yeah. I've been Jay. And we're kids. Oh, wait. Tyler. <laughs> wait, not I've been. I am Jay. And I am Tyler. And this is Rubbing the Master. pretty close to we're almost up on a year yeah yeah as i say like i'd be curious to go back and listen to like the first episodes well and guess see. what this is episode number 50 is it it is how about that yeah yeah uh so where's, where's the cake uh i ate it <laughs> uh, well i ate my donuts uh, so yeah there. well and reminders to everybody we are now um in Lent. Yeah. So uh i don't have my reusable plastics yeah, anymore so, so uh it is no Lent, no plastics for Lent. Uh, and it's also, um, I highly recommend, or I, I, I offer up to you, uh, check out the blog. I'll go blog, ahead and highly recommend it. Blogging yeah. it every day. Uh, we're now, uh, just about six days into it. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, happy Lent to everybody. Lent is not a sad time. It's just a contemplative time. Yes. So it's time to be intentional and mindful about the things that you do. It's not just a time to feel terrible about yourself. That's, that's a bad way to communicate Lent. That's bad Lent. It's, it's intentionality. So yeah. this is a 60 day process, a 40 day process, a six week process of intentionality my word is discipline yeah and i think you know if you again there's a way you can see that as being disciplined or like doing something bad but like to actually go back to the root word of like discipleship what do you remember uh arrested development yeah no my <laughs> discipline daddy discipline daddy <laughs> tobias Gay was trying to uh, learn how to be a better parent and he listened to this song that was called discipline daddy oh and it was my not God. about 
He's like, I'm, and he's just quoting the lyrics, like, I'm a disciplined daddy. <laughs> Which brings us to the topic of conversation. So yes. How so, many times do you think you've gone through, and I would only count the first three seasons. Yeah. How many I, times I, do you think you've gone through Arrested Development? Uh, uh, probably the whole cycle of the first three seasons, I've probably done at least a dozen times. Yeah. Um, I've never gotten through all of season four. No, it's terrible. It's what, well, and it's, uh, they re-edited it. So it's better. And I still just, I just lose interest. Like yeah. it's not bad. It's just like, I get tired of it. But the first three, there's so five, good. are there six? I think there's five. There's now. five. Cause they redid four and then they, they put a new five out, which apparently is better. But I've again, heard, yeah. Well, in four, they, they, they couldn't get everybody together at the same time to film. Right. And so that's why they did it. In such which a way. is the strength of that show yeah. is the whole cast. So, so it's still like four is, there's still good stuff in it, but it's like, I don't know where this plot is going. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Arrested Velvet is a great show. So yeah, the, to, to push that, what are some shows and or movies that you could that you don't get tired of that you could rewatch over and over. So, the, this is a tie-in from the last episode you talked about mm-hmm. needing to focus, particularly like falling asleep to like focus your mind. Mm-hmm. My number one, I have seen it more times than any, is The West Wing. To the point that the reason this was relevant for me was last night I was having a hard time falling asleep, so on my iPad next to the bed I just put on The West Wing, super low volume, and let it play, because it's enough of a story that like I focus on that, and not the random assortment of thoughts going through my head, but I've seen it so many times yeah. that I can zone out and fall asleep. Yeah. Like it's just the right level of focus to like pull me in to think about something else, but also I know what Josh is going to say in yeah. the next episode. That so, to me has been uh, the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, the first 10 seasons. <laughs> I realized I had to clarify like uh, recently there was a, a Twitter thing going around. It's like name five uh, shows that, yep. that, help identify you and i put the simpsons uh the first 12 seasons <laughs> after that it's just like garbage yeah and not garbage it's just sad it's like the rest of element season four and five it's not terrible it's i just don't like, need you mm, yeah no. why are you still here uh my wife and i have like seasonal movies we have like a calendar yeah. of things that we watch at very specific times obviously there's the halloween stuff there's the christmas stuff but then there's other things that happen in different years and there are two in february Groundhog Day. Key. Groundhog Day, yeah. which we will watch for um, really starting February 1st. We will watch it through, we gave ourselves this year through the 9th. Okay. Through the single digits. So Groundhog Day, we just, obviously we're watching it on the 2nd, but we'll watch it like when we go to sleep. We'll just put it on. And so I'll probably, I mean, probably watch it a dozen times in that, in that span. Side note. Yeah. I not, I've seen Groundhog Day. I'm not quite the fan you are, obviously. Yeah. The commercial. Of the Super Bowl. Oh, it was great. Okay. I didn't quite get it. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that was kind of, I went, eh? Yeah. If you, you kind of have to be deep. It, it didn't, it made it very clear. This is for people who understand Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the movie, because it was all in jokes. But for people who, and it's a, it's a, it's a ubiquitous enough movie that most people should get it. I got the premise. Yeah. yeah. But I like that it didn't, it didn't minimize, it didn't, uh, it made, you had to know what was going on. It yeah. wasn't going to walk you through it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I love that Bill Murray did it. Like it's so funny. Yeah, it's a great, it's a Jeep commercial for Groundhog or for it's a Groundhog Ground- Day commercial for Jeep. Yeah. Uh, because the Super Bowl fell on Groundhog Day. Yeah. Um, they had the, all the old, ca- they went to the place. So we went, uh, it's a place it's in Illinois. Woodstock, Illinois is the town that they filmed it in. Not Punxsutawney cause Punxsutawney doesn't have a square. 
uh, Midwest towns have squares. Yeah. Uh, town squares, uh, Eastern towns don't, uh, in general. And, um, uh, when Adrian and I, uh, lived in Chicago, we were coming back from somewhere, I think coming back from Pennsylvania one time. And just, this was again, the freedom that we had when we didn't have kids. I love having kids, so I'm not minimizing that. Right, right, right. But we would just be like, hey, you want to do this thing? Yeah, let's just go do it. And we were coming back from somewhere, I think from Pennsylvania. And we just like, we thought, hey, Woodstock, Illinois. We had found out that Woodstock, Illinois was home of. Yeah, home of of where uh, Groundhog Day was. And we're like, it's like an hour of the way. We should just drive there on our way back. And we did. And it was incredible because it was exactly like the movie. <laughs> and it was like February or March or something like that. So it was the weather was exactly like the movie. You pull into town and this was, um, I mean, the movie's from 1994, I think, 93. And um, this was in, this would have been like 2008, 2007. And so we pull in, it looked exactly like it. Yeah. Nothing really had changed. Uh, the weather was exactly the same. We were able to find... I mean, the, obviously the square there and then a couple blocks away is the house that he stays at. So all of the visible things that you see from external stuff was there. Yeah. We spent two hours walking around and having a fun time in Groundhog Day set, which was just this t- little town. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple plaques where it's like where he steps in the water. Like, obviously, that's not that hole's not there anymore. But uh, little things like that. So anyway, we like Groundhog Day. So that's one we watch over and over. Uh, the other favorite movie that we have that we watch every year on valentine's day Mm. is uh the movie eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i've heard good things it's a it's one of my favorite movies so these two movies are listed on letterboxd uh so letterboxd is this online site where you can rate movies and stuff so i it's really awesome Uh, jimmy and i were using it for the movie thing um but one of the things is that you list your four favorite movies that kind of tip like identify who you are that'd be a good thing like five minutes to get to know me um and Groundhog Day and Eternal Sunshine are both on there for me because they are good ones of representing who I am. Eternal Sunshine is set on Valentine's Day, so mm-hmm. that's why we watch it there. Um, and it is uh, it's Jim it's, Carrey. It's Jim Carrey in his best role. See, this is interesting. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Because it's a dramatic role. Yeah. Um, but it's not like Truman Show, which is also a great movie. That is a little. He's a. You can see Ace Ventura wanting to get out in right. that movie. But he does a good job of kind of keeping it back. I think that Jim Carrey, as we've seen, Jim Carrey is an interesting character. We should do a Jim Carrey episode. At some oh, point. man. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, Who plays Leap Day William, just as a throwback. Oh, he does play Leap Day William. Yeah. yeah uh, that was from last week. Uh, but the... <laughs> uh, the uh, um, yeah, uh, hope, hopefully he had some good Leap Day stuff. I'd like to hear yeah. about that. We can yeah. talk about that in the Super stuff. Tell us what you did on Leap Day. Back to the Jim Carrey thing. So one, I think actually what spurred this topic in mind was on the ride home, on the flight home from uh, from San Francisco, yeah. I watched again, which is interesting that this is a similar theme. So I was watching uh, Stranger in Fiction. It's one, oh, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite movies. Um, and part of the reason I watched it again, I hadn't watched it in a while. And I was like, is it still one of my favorite movies? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, it's Will Ferrell. Being not Will Ferrell. A funny person being serious right. is always it, it's something that it's like Bill Murray in all the Wes Anderson movies when you're like, yeah. oh, wait, you're not making me joke. Like it just, it affects you yep. in a different way. Yeah. It hits you in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but that's a movie I will watch 
again and again and again. That's a great um, one where the premise of it is that he realizes that he's a character in a book. Right. And it's specifically in a tragedy where the author is where kills gearing everybody. up yeah. to kill him. Like yeah. it's, it's a very existential, interesting movie, but it's still very accessible. It really is. And it kind of flew under the radar. Like it got praise, but it didn't really, wasn't really a hit. Yeah. Yeah. It really uh, it's movie. got some funny bits. Um, Dustin Hoffman is a oh, yeah. treasure in that movie. Yeah, he's great. In that movie. Um, he plays a uh, a um, English professor, and the first scene yeah. hits a little too close to home for me oh, because yeah. he's walking through the halls of the uh, school with Will Ferrell, and everywhere he stops, he has yet another coffee machine yeah. and is filling, filling up yet his... another coffee cup, <laughs> and like is not finishing any of them. No. And I, I watched it again on the plane going, uh-oh. Yeah. When he gets back to his office and it's just piles of books. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I'm this guy. Yeah. Drink, nonstop coffee, disheveled look, and just piles of books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's one. Movies, not so much every, or are, are high on my rewatch. I'll rewatch yeah. shows a lot. I will so, rewatch almost all of the Marvel movies. Yeah. What are some other movies that you could just throw, that are just comfort things that you could throw on? Movies and or shows. Yeah, I mean, again, superhero movies are, are kind of my genre. Um, especially the old stuff, the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yep. I could watch that again and again and again yeah. and again. And Two or one? One is the best. Two is, well... I feel like two is the best. Two might be the best, yeah. But we one confuse takes... where they are, because one is really just all set up. Yeah. And then two is like things actually happen. Because yeah. one is like set up, set up, set up, set up, and then at the very end, he gets angry and swims, like flies around the world. Right. And that's like, he's not really Superman until the very end of it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, two is the better one. He does. But then it, I get... And two up. doesn't make sense unless you've seen one. Like right. two really, you can, it makes sense that they film those at the exact same time, because it's really one movie that's... Like three and a half hours long. Well, this is, I'm going to push up on my glasses while I say this very nerdy <laughs> thing. But they released a little while ago the Richard Donner cut. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. Watch the watch the Donner cut, and it's like that's the Superman two you were wanting. Yeah, yeah. Um, movies that I would rewatch outside of that genre, there aren't many. Um, I'm trying to think through my Apple queue. Yeah, Shawshank. I do like Shawshank and yeah. I will watch it. That's one I will watch it if like if I'm flipping channels. Yeah. That's the perfect Saturday afternoon TNT yep. movie. I will watch hard. that again. Again and again. I learned recently this too came out of the San Francisco trip. Um I am yeah. a big fan of I didn't realize I was a fan of this genre, but of 90s action movies. Yeah. Uh so like I watched The Fugitive. It's such a good movie. Oh, it's so great. I also got Andrew U.S. Marshals, which is like... <laughs> the sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Not as good. That's a good Saturday afternoon movie. It really is. It's. I mean, to to keep with when we're talking about uh, things that our kids would have lost like that, I wouldn't... There's there's no reason to watch U.S. Marshals. No. Unless you've got nothing else going on. Correct. And then you watch it and you're like, eh, it's pretty good. That was satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Air Force One I would put in that category. Air, oh, get off my plane. Oh, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so those those I'll watch again and again and again. Uh, uh, you know what's a good one from that? True Lies. Yes. True Lies is great. Yep. Dana! <laughs> Dana! Oh, man. One of my all-time favorite Get movies. One of my all-time favorite movies. I don't own it, but it was so great in a terrible way. Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop's great. It's the... Oh. It's not a tumor. Who is your father and what does he do? No, you're a fireman. <laughs> you're not a princess. You're a fireman. <laughs> The premise of this movie, if you don't understand why we're just yelling, is uh, Arnold, Sw- <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's playing you, a you detective. You explain it, I'm going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, here yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> Dana! Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold! is a detective who uh, 
has to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher. No. Uh, and it, it, it hilarity ensues. <laughs> I want you to get it toy and bring it back to the carpet. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a really good actor. He is. Like I know that that sounds like a joke, but honestly. He He's doesn't in, get the credit he deserves. No, and he carries some movies in a way that he should not. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, he's he's very wooden, but he is, for being, this is his second language, he's a bodybuilder. He has yeah. no right being as, as funny, as reasonable an actor. Yeah, he's real funny. Yeah. Uh, Jingle all the way. Oh, <laughs> I love slapstick. I uh, yeah. Home Alone. I watched again around Christmas time because yeah. of Disney Plus. Home Alone one, great. Home Alone two, so not, not so bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's the same movie. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so yeah. Other than movies, I my typical thing is I, and this is where I get lost on this podcast a lot mm-hmm. is I fall into ruts. I will rewatch TV shows. Yeah. In cycles. Futurama. Futurama is a big one right now. Scrubs. I, I'm right back in Scrubs. Yeah. I'm in season three. Yeah. I just rounded a corner again. Yeah. You're a couple seasons away from it getting real bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real bad. Scrubs wears out its welcome. Very quickly. Like, it, yeah. But it's real good. And it has this real good balance of goofy, slapsticky, funny yep. with a lot of fantasy stuff. Yep. Like future, like family guy type, like, pff, and then all of a sudden some goofy thing happens. And the heartfelt, like important, like it, it has morals yeah. in it. And that works really well for about four seasons, yep. four or five seasons. And then it gets real pushy. Like it really is ham-fisted about all yep. that stuff. And Dr. Cox, who is like delightful how he gets angry for the first four seasons. then you realize like what a bitter, terrible person. Like when yeah. he starts going on rants for the fifth season in a row, you're like, why does anyone put up with this guy? Yeah. 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 This is, and I JD think- gets to be the worst. Uh, Zach so Braff. whiny. Little Braff. Yeah. He's a poster child for emo culture. Bruh, for self-important emo yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I watched, rewatched Garden State again. I loved Garden State. Good movie. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. Is what I would say about that movie. It's a great soundtrack. <laughs> and you watch it again and you're like, this is good, but it's also very self-indulgent. Yeah. Natalie Portman is acting her butt off in that movie. <laughs> she is fantastic in that movie. And that's another one where you fall in love with that character. Yep. But then you watch it like, Zach Braff is like so whiny and like self-important and like, it's a very selfish movie. This movie, yeah. I'm not spoiling. Watch it, but it is. It's of an era. Yeah, it's a very. Yes. It's a very mid 2000s. If you ever kind of struggling to figure out what the 2000s were about, yep. Garden State is very much that. Yeah. Both the music is amazing, but the emo emotions are just overwhelming. Yeah, just get over yourself, Zach Braff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm at a sweet spot with Scrubs because again, the the I think in the beginning they didn't know if it was going to be a thing. By about season two and three, those fantasies. So, like, the yeah. character JD keeps flashing back to, like, his dream. The one scene I just saw, he, like, somebody was asking him, what's his dream wedding? And he flashes, and it's him marrying Marsha Brady. Yeah. And I can't remember the actress who plays Marsha Brady actually shows up. And yeah. that's her guest appearance. Yeah. It's a three-second. Yeah. And that kind of the- stuff is great. Again, it was very Family Guy, which is very of the right. era. Right. Of, like, let's not, let's hard cut to these weird references. Yep. And as you can see, the butt is in the front. Yeah. <laughs> front butt. It's like the grail. <laughs> That's a great, great show. show. Yeah. I had a, so great. I had a couple so of youth group kids. Turk and Elliot had a uh, secret handshake at one point. Yeah. That's super long and like yeah. complicated. And some of the kids in my youth group figured it out. And like that was there. And every time they did it, I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. So many steps to it. Scrubs is one. 30 Rock is another that I will cycle through in and out of. Again, back to the Leap Day, William. 30 Rock is so great. Oh, it's so good. 
But like that's I will get heavily invested in these shows for however long it takes me to run through a season. I heard uh, Tina Fey described Thirty Rock as live action Simpsons. I can that's, see that's that. That's how yeah. she wrote it. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's such a good show. It really is. Yeah, The West Wing is the king of the heap, though. I will watch The West Wing while I'm watching Scrubs or Futurama or whatever. There's always a Netflix queue. If they ever take a West Wing off of Netflix, I'm done because it's. Oh, that show. We are going to do an episode on it oh, with yeah. uh, Jimmy. We've and got a couple people lined up for it. Laura Bentley and Ed. What is it about the West Wing, about about the shows that you rewatch, about the movies that you could rewatch? What is it about those that make you rewatch them? Well, I think it's a couple things. One, there has to be a sense of timelessness to it. Mm-hmm. And the West Wing, unfortunately, <laughs> the stuff they're struggling with in that show, which was filmed in the like, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, we are still struggling with today. Yeah. Like the, the, there's the things they talk about. It's amplified now for us. Um, some of the ways they talk to and about Democrats versus Republicans. I go, oh, that's actually how progressive of them for working together that way. Yeah. But um, well, it's it's idealistic. Yeah. In a way oh, that we, very much so. Our cynicality has won over. Yeah. Um. So I think there has to be a bit of timelessness to it. I think for me, obviously, I drift into the funny. Um, and I think part of that is I used to, when I was first starting here at Westminster, I would watch, um, when I came home from work, I would watch judge Judy every week Mm -hmm. or every day. And people would be like, why do you, why? Um, and I think it's because we spend so much time in thought patterns and like deep thinking in this work, even like in the community and interacting with people, like you go to a deep place, judge Judy. I don't need to think to watch judge Judy. Like I can just shut the brain off. Yeah. Let it do its own thing. But uh, yeah, I think there's an escapism that's available in some of these shows for me that I'll watch again and again. That yeah. like I can go to a different world um, and not worry about, for a time, not yeah. worry about what's going on around here. I think that the, there are two other ones that I, I'm sure I've mentioned. Uh, I've definitely mentioned on the on the podcast, um, but two other big ones. I mean, there's the Star Wars. Obviously, <laughs> I think we've talked about that. A little. Uh, Indiana Jones, which we haven't really talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Back to the Future is a big one, which you still haven't seen. Still haven't seen it. And so I, I desperately want to talk about. Yeah. Because um, Back to the Future is one that I could, at any given moment, like if that, it's the kind of thing that, I mean, going back to that idea of flipping channels, which doesn't happen anymore. But when you were flipping channels, if it was on, I would stop and watch it. And that's, there's a whole pod, there's a podcast from the Ringer Network called um, The Rewatchables, which is kind of this idea. And the whole idea is like, if you're flipping through things and this, you see this on, you're going to stop no matter where it is. You're going to stop and watch it. And Back to the Future is one where I always would do that. And it, part of it is the sense of comfort that it gives you. Yeah. Um, another big one, which I think I talked about, um, but I may not have, but there's a Disney movie um, called Blackbeard's Ghost. I think I may yeah. have talked yeah, about yeah, this yeah. In, the, in the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. episode. It's so good. Uh, and, it, and it's on Disney Plus right now. Oh, another thing that's on Disney Plus now is Imagination Movers. I talked oh, about that a long yeah, time yeah. ago. Uh, it wasn't on Disney Plus. I don't know why, but now it is. So you should watch it with your boys. Your boys would love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody with young kids, watch Imagination Movers. It's on Disney Plus. All the seasons are on there. That came on in like February, I think 28th, like late February. So it's been on there for a week or so. Um, day before I leave day. Uh, <laughs> but the the um, Blackbeard's Ghost is just, we, it's one that I grew up watching. Um, it's this goofy movie that has a really uh, kind of original plot. Um it's got Peter Usnoff in it, who's the guy who's the voice of Prince John from Robin Hood, mm-hmm. like the cartoon mm-hmm. Robin Hood. So mm-hmm. he's, he's very cartoonish. Uh, 
and it, it both harkens back to a time we watched it a bunch right after we had our, our oldest son. Uh, and so we had this young, this little baby and we had, uh, I was off of work. Uh, Adrian was off. And so we were just home for like a month where it's just us. And we had this cycle where we're following this baby cycle. So we don't, uh, we don't have any other responsibilities for right. that month. And it was delightful. And we would, um, Adrian, when, when she was, feeding him she would watch it like we just we had a tv in the in the baby room we didn't not really for anybody like we'd already had it in there as the office and uh it had a vcr in it and the one tape in there was blackbird's ghost and so whenever she would get up to feed him in the middle of the night she would just put on blackbird's ghost and that she has this kind of emotional connection to that movie because it reminds her of this yeah. time i have this emotional connection to that movie because it reminds me of that time as well uh so and we'll put her on like at any time, like yeah. it's not connected to a season particularly uh, to it, uh, like at actual the calendar date. So we can throw it on at any given moment. It does feel like a certain move. Uh, we talked about the burbs also is another one that burbs is one that I, I like. I always watch at Memorial Day, Labor Day, any summer <laughs> holiday any day. Yeah. But it just it, there's something about to me what makes these things the the familiarity of them. Yeah. They I have emotional responses to them. They also. Um, I feel seen by these movies yeah. uh, in a way that, that part of me being able to recommend back to the future, part of like part of why I want you to see back to the future so much. Uh, and I would say the same about eternal sunshine, about groundhog day, about Buckwood's ghost um, is not just that. I think that they're great movies because I think that there's a lot of great movies, but these movies are good ways that, that if you, if, if I'm trying to help you understand who I am and yeah. like what my taste is and stuff like that, I can just say, Groundhog Day, Black Bridge Ghost, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, and and Back to the Future. Like that, um, those movies have shaped me and identify me yeah. in a way that I do like that Twitter meme of going around like five movies that could get could get you. Those four movies would be on there. And then probably, maybe maybe not Black Bridge Ghost. I mean, maybe Black Bridge Ghost. Probably a Miyazaki movie. Like yeah. uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Like this anime, Japanese anime. And then... Um, I don't, I don't even know what the, I mean, maybe empire, but even that's uh, it's probably too new. Uh, probably a Charlie Chaplin movie, probably yeah. modern times. And that's interesting because even like the emotional attachment. So I'm struggling with scrubs right now. Um, cause I was into that show when it was on Yeah. when I was a 20 something new at youth ministry. Yeah. Very immature working with my best friend. Yeah. So like I see a lot of me and Ed and yeah. JD and Turk. And sometimes that's hard too. Like when you like, you're like that movie's great, and then someone like points out, like I just did, points out the flaws in it. And you're like, yeah, I do see that, but but it's also it means more than just quality to me. Well, yeah, because it's a it, it's a time capsule of a of an emotional time right. in my life, and that is true. I think what's difficult about Scrubs is like when I watched it, I connected with those two characters really, really well, and now you connect with, <laughs> and now I don't. Yeah, yeah, and, and I and I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so that that that's an interesting piece is like that emotional piece is there, but sometimes it can get even thrown off a little yeah. bit, um, well, which I think is good. It, it it awakens some questions in me of like, what what was that all about? Yeah. Why did I do that? Well, and I think that some of the sometimes the best movies, the best things that we connect with, and this is what I'd say about all culture. This is part of the reason why we're doing this podcast and thinking about stuff like this is that when we resonate with media, with art, art both. And I would put it that way. The the important thing about art in life, and especially spirituality, um, is that art both helps us to identify things in ourselves that we couldn't have seen. It's, it's a mirror, but it also helps us to um, see 
the world articulated in a different way. Yeah. It can put things into into emotions and a, in in a uh, in a digestible form. Something that we couldn't. Eternal Sunshine is a perfect like the whole point of that movie is uh, it's worth it. Yeah. Like the relationships are worth it. Have you seen? You've seen it, haven't you? I think I saw it once. You should yeah. see it again. I yeah. mean, like, and even again, watch it over and over and over again. We yeah, watched yeah. it five times in a row. Uh, that the I mean, it's a it's a rough because the whole premise is that you there's this new technology where you can erase someone from your memory, hmm. and so these people have broken up, and flippantly the the woman erases Jim Carrey from her memory. Kate Winslet does, and he finds out about it. You're not supposed to find out about it, and and you get sent all the friends get cards that say please don't mention this person again. She has erased them. From yeah. And it, I love that it's a movie. It's basically science fiction, but it doesn't deal with the science of it. It's just like, it just says, I could, you, you, you could just do it. You could just do it. Yeah. And it, and it gives you just enough to be like, this is, it's like back to the future. Like this is just enough. Like this is how time travel happens, but don't worry about it. Right. Um, and, um, then in the end without spoiling it, cause you do kind of get, cause you realize this pretty quick that he realizes that he doesn't want to give up these memories, that the memories are important even though there's pain, there is beauty in there. And the longer that he, as they start, they're erasing the memories and he's going through his memories trying to save her. And it starts with the most recent ones, which were pretty negative. And then it starts getting back to the stuff where they did fall in love. And you see the, the beauty and the sweetness in that. Yeah. And that, that it, the whole point of that movie is basically like life is going to hurt, but it's worth it. Yeah. And so then they, even knowing this, they resolve to kind of be together and knowing that it's probably going to end up crappy. Um, and there's something that 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 movie can articulate that even though I just was able to say it, I can't say it with the with the beauty right. that that art does, and that even something like Scrubs, it's still art and it articulates a, a feeling that you had from that specific time in your life. Yep. And when you look at it now, it's like looking at a, at a scrapbook, like it's like going back through Facebook memories or something like that. That it helps you to remember this emotion that that's still part of you. Yep. But also you can see some of the distance that you had from that. When I watch uh, Garden State now, I'm annoyed with it, but I still connect with the goods. I wouldn't recommend that movie as openly as I used to. Right. As openly as I would Back to the Future. These things that I think that hold up. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Garden State quite holds up the way that I really wanted it to. But I still resonated with it on a level that um, I can connect with. And so that like that even a rewatchable movie or a show doesn't doesn't mean that the show is necessarily good. Right. Um, but it, it helps to identify you and understand you in a way that you can kind of con- still connect with. And yeah. I think that to me, and this is where it brings it in is that there is beauty in the art that is not universal. Yep. Um, that there, I love that there's so many different types of shows and so many different types of, for some people it's Gilmore girls. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I have no interest in Gilmore girls. Not Every time I watch it's like, this is too clever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like in that, like no one talks like this and they're right. never speaking too much, but some people just are, are into that all in. in the way that I am into lost in the way that oh. I am into, uh, the twilight zone or, um, at half the shows that are just, like, gra- like gravity falls, not for everybody. Right. And that's okay. But it just, it, I connect with that show in a way because it, it reminds me of something of like some people way into friends. Uh, I'm more into 30 rock or Seinfeld or things like that, or yeah. like that, that, and like arrested development's not for everybody. Uh, community is one of the biggest ones for me. That's not for everybody. I do think most people should try it. Yeah. Uh, but that, um, that sense of being seen by a show, um, I think really helps. And, and it, because it helps us to, like, I've been, my existence is validated yeah. and I feel in a sense, I feel seen by God. 
Well, that's, I was going to say, I, I, I'm going to butcher this quote, but I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, fiction helps us get past the sleepy dragons of our logic. Yeah. Um, that, so there's a line in Stranger in Fiction. So spoiler alert, the, the, the author's trying to kill Will Ferrell yeah. and <clears throat> he decides to just, whatever she says, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and there's this line when she's talking to the English professor, she says, if you knew somebody who could stop their death, but willingly did it anyway. Isn't that the kind of person you'd want to have around? Yeah. And I went, oh, snap. This is pointing somewhere Jesus. else, right? Yeah. Right. And I don't think it was, it's not like a chintzy Jesus joke no, no, no. or like, that's not the point of the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not about that. No. Yeah. But I. But it is about that. But it is about that. Yeah. And I, I it, it, it's funny and it's goofy and it's ha ha for a while. But then all of a sudden you get this just kernel of truth that hits you right where you need to. That in a way that like, I'm not going to get in a theology classroom. Yeah. Right. Like I need the sleepy dragons to stay asleep yeah um and, well, and that god is speaking through these things we talked about at the beginning that's the whole premise of this whole our idea of having a podcast that deals with different parts of culture and just different parts of life is that god is speaking all the time yep. even in in situations where the people who were making it had no intention of god speaking through that um just that the that there is no secular that God is speaking through all of this yeah. that God the fact that God spoke to you through strange in the fiction doesn't matter whether that's what they were trying to do that no that there is truth in that that God can speak to us through jingle all the way yeah. <laughs> I mean God the, the the joy that we the slapsticky kind of yeah. comfort that we need we need that too Shawshank Redemption uh-huh. I mean it's all about hope yep the and the redemption of that movie is red it's not Andy Dufresne because Red says hope is the thing that will kill somebody. And the very last lines of the movie, spoil it, is I hope. And it's Red saying that. And Red yeah. was saying before that hope was a tragic thing. And, the, and his redemption is that he can finally realize that hope is a good thing. Yeah. And boy, is that the oh, gospel. I need to, I need boy, to is that the that. gospel. I got to go find that movie. Oh, so good. It's such so a good, good one. that movie. So, Twitter folk. Uh, what are your rewatchables? Let's yeah. start there. That's yeah. the surface level question. What are what and even kind of the uh, twist on that too? Like, what are your rewatchables? And then, what are five movies and or shows yeah. that help to understand who you are? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Because I assume there's going to be some overlap there. Yeah. I think the shows that best define who we are are the ones we are most likely to watch again and again. Yep. Uh, so leave us a little note. Uh, and we maybe we'll even join in and try and get to know you better and watch your watch yeah. your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. it. Also, hashtag no plastics for Lent. Yeah, keep on the train. Keep it up. Keep on the train. Try, even if you struggle with it, it's always keep trying. Know that yep. you're going to fail. This is an impossible task because we don't have a culture that allows us to live this way. But maybe this will help us understand yeah. that we can make a little bit of an impact. Uh, and a little bit of an impact that we all do together makes a big difference. And also, when you realize how hard it is, maybe then we can say, like, maybe we, we should change live like this. Yeah. This is, again, I think this is the perfect spiritual discipline for Lent because it's going to have a measurable impact while you're doing it. Yeah, and it's impossible. <laughs> it, right. It's going to show you how corrupt the system is. And how, when we work together as a community, we make a bigger difference. And I think it's going to bring God into a sphere that we don't otherwise carry him yeah uh, it's not just about you not eating chocolate it's yeah. about us not doing a thing oh this is good and we've seen that like when we get together the the the, the um the world the the culture will respond to us yeah the business world will respond to us when we change yep hondo percent yeah well i've been jay and i've been tyler and this has been roughing, roughing the, the pastor. pastor see you everybody Boop.